Hey, good morning, Live Church. Thank you so much for streaming in with us this morning. First, I want to express my gratitude at our ability to gather in this way, uh, while at the same time grieving our present circumstance. Truth be told, uh, binary thinking, either this or that, is the prevailing filter for our day and age. Therefore, some would say this is completely wrong. Others would say this is completely right. Uh, Much more of the true human experience and our following Jesus is given color and texture by accepting both and. Now, Pastor Andy Stanley um, says it this way. He says, we would all be well served if we would learn to manage more tension. That is to say, the elder, staff, uh, along with the presence and counsel of our advisory team, as well as many other voices, have come to this place and this function with regards to a gathering for the foreseeable future here at Life Church. Uh, we're not willing to put end dates or unknown expectations on this course. As we just trust that God will lead us in the day-to-day, just as He has up to and through this point. We honestly don't know what the future holds. We, we liken ourselves in our moment uh, to the nation of Israel being led through the wilderness, at times being led by the pillar of cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire by night. There is so much. We admit there is so much that we don't know. What we do know is that God is good. And we lean into that with our full force while acknowledging we just can't protect the sanctity of life in a large gathering. And so we lean into this offered technology and a more prevalent existence of small groups, which we're praying into, discussing, and working hard to create so we can launch them in September. The fact of the matter is that everyone has to make their own decisions to fit their comfort levels, fitting their personal perspectives, and ultimately their relationship with God and the outworking of such. We, the elder team along with staff team, have made this most recent decision as best we can, and we're grateful. We're grateful for your support. We're grateful for your prayers. We're grateful for your understanding. Perhaps you don't give us your agreement, but we don't ask for that, nor do we expect it. All I ask is that we offer our utmost in loving God and giving life. Again, we're grateful for the opportunity to gather in this way. We're continuing our series, Reset, A Divine Approach to Our Earthly Affairs. So let's read our hallmark passage of Scripture this morning. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. Paul writes, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Skip down. Verse 24, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. And verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? Let's pray. 
Oh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity once again to gather in this way. We ask for your covering, a hedge of protection, and we ask for insight and breakthrough against the coronavirus circumstance that's plaguing our world, but also our ability to continue to have community in this season. We love you, we honor you, and we give you these moments. Help us to be molded and shaped, to be made more into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if we parachute out, if we take a moment and parachute out to a grander view of this passage that we've been reading now for several weeks, we see different frames. We find suffering towards revealing, which we spoke to. We find a commentary that I feel is instructive, a, a connection of creation to creation, not only people to people, but also people with our planet. As one goes, so does the other. We discovered that the navigation of our stuff that we looked at last week will be painful. A comfort level is not to be our goal, nor is it really, honestly, to be our barometer. In the next two to three weeks, we're going to work through the spirit involvement, verses 26 and 27. The spirit involvement towards our own reset. But today, we're going to investigate this interlude of hope. Hope taking the scriptures as they are, apparently is what conveys us to the Spirit. The title of our conversation, if you're taking notes today, is Heavenly Hope Hits Different. And I want to read verses 24 and 25 again. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. First, Paul is emphatic in speaking about this hope. He's not talking about some possible hope or a random hope or any subjective notion that someone could grab onto and apply in some way. He says this hope. Paul is speaking specifically. He is speaking particularly. He says this hope. That this is critical, and it's pointing directly to the previous verses. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, Paul is speaking directly with this towards adoption as sons and redemption of our bodies. Please, I think it's vital, vital for all of us to acknowledge this hope this hope that Paul is speaking to is very different than the hope of things getting better, which is fine to have that. It's very different than the that hope of the former and familiar, those things that we had and want coming back into our reality. It's different than the whatever hope we have in getting what and how and when we want. Paul is talking about this hope our adoptions as sons and daughters of God, and the redemption of all that we are. We've got to be careful not to hang expectations on God that he has never alluded to. I can't tell you how many times my kids look at me and say things like, hey, I thought we were going to go to Chick-fil-A, and we have an inter interaction. I'm like, I never said that. No, you never said that, but that's kind of what I took you to mean. That's kind of ultimately what they wanted, but they never communicated it. We oftentimes do that with God, with hope. No, the hope that Paul is speaking to aims us towards what we've been told. And we spoke to last week that 
it leads us towards something that's painful, that's even arduous. I mean, as Paul describes it, he says, we know the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth. I mean, ask any mom. They'll be more than willing to tell you about the pain of childbirth and tell you how uncomfortable it was. A word, if I may, on biblical hope, which is very different than the hope we have in our minds. It's, it's really different than the hope we use linguistically when we speak to one another and in our circumstances. Hope, as we envision it, looks to and applies, or rather really comes across to me as something that is light. It's wispy, a thing which warmly and softly, like a wanted and desired hug, easily conveys us and gently takes us to a better place, like, like we're Prince Ali on a magic carpet ride. I can show you the world, shining, shimmering, splendid. Can I please be honest with you today that biblical hope doesn't sing like that over us. Biblical hope hits different and biblical hope leads us to a different place altogether than that. If we look at it in Romans chapter 15, Paul is speaking. Once again, he's speaking to the creation being connected with creation. He says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, being together. In verse 13, he says, may the God of hope, God isn't around hope, he is hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may abound in hope. In Hebrews, the writer writes, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. And then the author makes this connection of the hope and the anchor going behind the veil to Jesus, our Savior, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus, the hope, the anchor, just as he does in Matthew chapter 14, tell the disciples, go into the boat, go into the other side. And you would imagine that would be a good experience. But lo and behold, they end up in the middle of a storm and they feel like they're alone, but it's Jesus, the hope, the anchor that comes to them and offers them stability in the midst of the turbulence. Let me read Psalm 23 with that thinking of hope, not just something light and wispy, but something heavy that holds us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Before I go on, you notice the centrality of God, of the anchor of Christ, of him in the midst of our navigation. Verse four, even though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Biblical hope, not the construct that we have, but biblical hope, hope as God is and what he offers leads us and conveys us not to a pleasant place, 
but to a place where we can have patience. Verse 25 of Romans chapter 8, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Patience is not the uncanny ability or gifting to take a hit and just keep going on. Patience is not that perfect trait that some people have and that allows those perfect people to be unflappable and immovable. Patience does not make us calm. <laughs> James writes, a bondservant of God and Lord of Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, which first, just pause for a moment, patience is given to those who are in distress. Patience is given to those who are in, as another version says, the diaspora. They are being scattered. They are being persecuted. My brethren, count it all joy, he writes, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Patience means to be unswerving, loyal, able to persevere. Patience doesn't make things work out for us. Patience works us out for the things that we are in. I bake bread from time to time, and there's a critical moment in the process of baking bread where you take the dough and you knead it you almost get into a fight with it. You pound it, you work it, and what you're doing is getting the air bubbles and all of those things out so that when the heat hits it, when the distress of that baking process hits it, it will rise. I'm confident that there are people hearing this today that you're disappointed, you're frustrated, you're, you're angry, you're seemingly devoid of hope, that light and wispy construct that you're looking for to take you to a better place in the middle of this pandemic or in the middle of difficult conversations around racism or, or your own marriage that is just frustrating and, and really in a difficult spot or your kids, your job or some other tangible reality. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. Maybe you're at the beginning of a rope. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. But I want you to know that hope in the person of Jesus Christ is available to you today. Not to whisk you away to a better place. He's present and accounted for like an anchor. Like an anchor ready for you to hang on and allow patience to work you over to help you change into who you are, to become who God has intended for you to be. Let me leave you all with a benediction today as we lean into this together. May we be weighed down by heavy, heavenly hope in the middle of all our earthly affairs. May we make ourselves available to get worked by patience and become more as God intended us to be. And may we remember that with Jesus, it only gets better. Hey, we love you so much. We're grateful for the opportunity to gather this way with you. We're praying for you. We hope to see you soon.